Welcome to the College Connection Podcast, a podcast presented by the College of Registered Nurses of Newfoundland and Labrador. This podcast is a series of regulatory-focused information and education sessions for RNs and MPs. This is the College Connection Podcast. this session we are going to be talking about implementing RN prescribing in Newfoundland and Labrador. To begin, uh, nursing practice is evolutionary as we all know and during the past decade or so um, the college has been tracking and trending the many ways in which um, the many ways in which the scope of practice for nursing has been expanding to meet the changing needs of our population. And uh, one of these initiatives is RN prescribing. So if you can recall, um, back in September 1st, 2019, uh, the RN Act was opened up and there was changes made to the RN Act to allow prescribing to be be potentially added to the scope of practice of registered nurses. Um, And then there's been a lot of activity since that time. um, And there has been with uh, COVID and uh, with COVID happening, there was uh, an area where it was stalled for a little while. Um, But we have some important dates to share. So on October 13th, um, 2022, um, our council approved the RM prescribing framework and RM prescribing guidelines um, with the limitation that we hadn't seen the uh, regulations to allow RM prescribing in Newfoundland. Um, but then on February 23rd, 2023, the RN regulations were um, signed by College Council, and we were pleased that the framework and the practice guidelines were consistent with the wording of the regulations, and we didn't anticipate any uh, changes. And so we still had to wait for um the Minister of Health to sign off on the regulations before our prescribing could be officially launched and moved forward. Um, So this actually happened on March 31st uh, and the RN regulations were signed. So that's just a a couple of important dates to give you a little bit of background. And the concept of RN prescribing is not a new one. It has been introduced in various formats across the globe. Um, in developed nations for many years. So RNs in the UK uh, expanded their scope of practice to include RN prescribing almost 40 years ago. Um, In Ireland, it was almost 20 years ago. And there's also Australia and Jamaica, New Zealand, the Netherlands, Sweden, and the United States. Um, And for those of you who see this as a new uh, concept, it is important to note that in Newfoundland and Labrador, we're not the first province to introduce RN prescribing or these types of changes. Uh, In fact, over half of the provinces in Canada already have RN prescribing under various mechanisms, and that includes like British Columbia and Saskatchewan and Alberta and Quebec and Manitoba. Um, And that's good news for Newfoundland and Labrador because evaluations have shown from these places that have RN prescribing uh, implemented already that it is a benefit to the public through improved access to services, through reduced wait times, um, through improved continuity of care, and it's really a more effective use of the knowledge and expertise of RNs. So it's good news for Newfoundland and Labrador. We're we're excited to have it. So RN prescribing 
the definition is that it involves using the nursing process to assess individuals within an employer-sponsored identified area of need and whom have conditions and require nursing care within the RN's competence and authority to prescribe. So the established plan of care may include prescribing medications, ordering of laboratory and uh, diagnostic screening tests, and that could include, it's not limited to, like ultrasound or x-ray or CT. It's depending upon that employer-identified uh, area of need. Um, the prescriptive authority also includes uh, other non-pharmacological interventions like wound care products or appliances and making referrals within the parameters outlined by your employer sponsor and to provide nursing care and services, of course. Um, we have the benefit of learning from uh, the other provinces in Canada and through and internationally who have had uh, RN prescribing. So we get to learn the benefit of uh, their shared learnings. Um, and engagement is key. So we have started um, this whole process with the idea of information sharing and open uh, communications. And we're always available if you do have any questions. So RRM prescribing does require formal authorization from an employer sponsor. And I will talk about an employer sponsor and the sponsorship soon. And if it does include, so the authorization portion does include the uh, completion of approved specialized education program. And of course you have to maintain your continuing competency. So this is uh, the role of the college, uh, of course, is for our band-aid is for public protection. So uh, the, our role is to ensure that there was a regulatory framework and practice guidelines to enable RNs to prescribe safely and competently. Um, the consultations for RN prescribing actually began in 2018. Uh, 19, um, and there we met with some key stakeholders, um, and and that was prior to uh, to forming the development committee and the uh, advisory committee, um, and then the advisory committee uh, transitioned into a liaison group uh, after a few um, after a few meetings. Um, so a big shout out to both of the committees because it was a lot of their hard work and dedication that went into the development of the RM prescribing um, framework and the RM prescribing guidelines. I just wanted to give you a picture so it's not all words. If you have ever done any education uh, with the college, we always talk about scope of practice. Because RN prescribing is an expansion of certain RNs scope of practice within an employer uh, sponsored area, we have a regulatory framework that's developed around the three words that we use to describe of scope of practice. And when we're talking about scope of practice, myself and Michelle always say that you need to be educated, authorized, and competent. And uh, we are continuing to use that framework. It's just that uh, now uh, we have it changed a little bit that you, know, you need your authorization first, then you uh, complete your education, and then you maintain competence. Um, so in the initially, we knew we needed a regulatory framework for IM, RM prescribing. We needed that enabling legislation. So there was the opening of the RN Act and then the uh, changes to the regulations. And it is an expansion of scope of practice. So you need to have the necessary authorization, education, and competence. Uh, 
And then registration will come uh, as part of the college authorization. And we're the final process uh, in, this, uh, in this framework. So like I said, it is a four-step process. Um, and the first process is the employer authorization. And within the RN regulations, that's called your employer sponsor. And step one is an important step. Not every RN in every context be can become an RN prescriber. The RN must be practicing in an area where it has been identified that RN prescribing will be of benefit um, to the population or benefit to that context. Um, so areas, these would be areas where gaps in services exist or where there's wait times or where there's substantial travel. Mm -hmm. Um, so there are, are um, limitations on, on uh, the, the prescriptive authority. So the employer must agree and agree to the terms of, of sponsorship, meaning that the area has to have supports and resources and a collaborative team environment in place. Um, and that's necessary to support this RN prescriber. And the RN prescriber will have knowledge of this setting and be very familiar with it and very familiar with the types of clients that are going to come through there. The RN also has the requirements that, which is step two, is that they must complete prior to applying to the college for authorization, um, a specialized education program. Um, then it comes to the college, and I will talk about each of these steps uh, for formal authorization. And then you must maintain competence in your prescriptive role. So the step one is employer authorization. Um, so the employer and the RN work together. And I have a slide on uh, some of these bolded areas. So I will talk about those shortly. So working with the RN, you think about your employment settings. So the RN and the employer have a conversation. Is this an area of need where prescriptive authority would be benefit, beneficial to the population? This is usually based on previous experience with clients um, and, you know, some, some gaps in services that may exist in the place in where you are working. Um, then you identify the most appropriate RN in that area of need. So we left that up to the employer and I will talk about that shortly. And we have to ensure that the identified area of need has professionals and collaborative teams as outlined by the employer that will support RNs authorized to prescribe. So it is that team-based environment. It's not a change in a team. It's, it's an environment where the, that RN has lots of experience. They know who to go to um, and you know, that it, it has all the supports needed so that the RN can take on that prescriptive role in, according to the employer's authorization. So the employer sponsorship, when I say that the employer has to agree to the conditions of sponsorship, so the employer uh, must develop uh, the appropriate supports for RNs authorized to prescribe to meet their standards of practice. Um, and they do this through the support of a guidance document. And we defined a guidance document as an evidence-informed document that used, that's used in that specific practice setting to guide decisions related to the ordering of diagnostic and laboratory tests by RNs and the uh, non-pharmacological interventions, what is needed to make referrals and prescribe medications. 
And that document can be a, in a form deemed appropriate by the employer sponsor. So it might be a uh, policy or procedure or a practice guideline or um, anything that the employer and the RN work together that is sufficient and that they agree upon um, provides the necessary information to outline that uh, nurse's expectations in that role. So the RN must see these documents, ensure that they are within their individual scope of practice for that setting, and that they expect that they uh, they know what to expect of their role. And it is in these areas that the employer and the RN may put uh, limitations on on uh, what is needed in for that population in that specific practice setting. So in our RN prescribing framework, I do have an Appendix A that says some of the key points uh, that an RN would need um, to have outlined for their practice from their employer sponsor. Um, additionally, part of sponsorship is that there's that creation and maintenance of the practice environment that supports RNs. Uh, authorized to prescribe in providing safe, competent ethical care. That includes access to a collaborative team and relationship. And we need to ensure that IRNs authorized to prescribe can maintain their competency in that prescribing role. Um, a few slides back, I talked about the employer identified areas need and the collaborative teams. So again, we did not put limits on um, like a, in a specific setting. We did not limit the setting. We did not limit um, the type of nurse or the experience of the nurse. That is the conversation that you need to have with your employer and the RN. But the setting could be rural and remote areas. It could be a community setting. It could be schools or primary care clinics. And again, it's going back to, uh, is this an identified area of need? It could be the type of care. I know that there's uh, diabetic nurse educators and wound care nurses who are interested. Um, so wound care and then or by medical diagnosis grouping, or it could be for a specific health related needs. Um, but you really need to have that conversation with your employer. And then once it is uh, all worked out, you um, you can, and if, if you don't think that your area is an area um that would be easily determined as an area of need, then you can always call us and have a conversation. So the best suited RN, again, we didn't uh, put a limit on who has to be that RN. Um, it should be somebody who is interested in taking on that role. They do not need to have a minimum number of clinical practice hours, but it would be beneficial to have a person. And what's envisioned is that it's a person who's very experienced in the setting, uh, has been there a while, knows the clients, knows the collaborative team, knows the types of um, clients that they see. Um, it could be an evaluation of the RN's experience. Maybe they have specialty certification or an ev evaluation of best practices already utilized. Uh, but again, that is, it's not a limitation uh, from a regulatory perspective. It is that conversation between the RN and the employer. So once you have that conversation, you get step one done. You know that you have an employer identified area of need, that there is a gap in services where it could be beneficial to the population. Maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, 
a lactation consultant and uh, a woman comes in with, um, you know, a red uh, hot um, breast and the lactation consultant has seen this many times before. They provide education. They, you know, say to use warm compresses and to keep uh, breastfeeding through, but they can also prescribe a prescription to help get rid of the mastitis and uh, perform the necessary follow-up. Um, so that's just an example, but we can go through some other examples as we go on. So step two, so once you have that collaborative conversation, you know the employer knows the conditions of sponsorship, what they have to have in place for you, um, and you are ready to take the next step. The next step is your education. So you do need a specialized education because it is a, it's an authorization as a sp expanded scope. So as such, RNs applying for authorization must uh, complete additional education and it has to have theory and practical components. Um, and currently we are going to use um, Saskatchewan Polytechnic. We did a jurisdictional scan across um, all of, of Canada and you know we looked at the various programs that are offered out there. And this one uh, is the, the one that has the most evaluation uh, material and it's uh, asynchronous format and it's online. So it's beneficial to uh, the, res the registrants Newfoundland and Labrador. Um, it also, uh, they have also taken that extra step in making the courses uh, specific to the jurisprudence for Newfoundland and Labrador. So those legislative, it's RRN Act and RRN regulations and um, the the bits of uh, nursing and the law that is specific to Newfoundland and Labrador. Um, so it's Saskatchewan Polytechnic and uh, it's three courses. There's a, and I'll do the next slide for the courses. So it's a health assessment, clinical reasoning, reasoning they call that nursing uh, 1713. Um, each clinical course is, um, or each theory course, the first two are, are, are theory, are anticipated um, to take about 39 hours of theory. Um, and that can be, it's asynchronous, so it's go, on, go at your own pace. Uh, there are check marks and uh, tests and evaluations that you must complete. Um, the second course is uh, drug prescribing for RNs in 1714. Um, and that is the broader course about uh, pharmotherapeutics and pharma, um, pharmacology, but you've already had um, medication administration and pharmacology. So this one has some prescription writing education in it. And then the clinical is the last course. So you have to have the two theory courses done first. And then the clinical course is the is the, um, the practical component. And that is where you go back to your employer identified area of need and you work there. You do your role, except now you are doing your role with the addition of the prescriptive authority. And you will have a preceptor from um, Saskatchewan uh, well, there will be an instructor from Saskatchewan who's overseeing your clinical decision-making course. And you need to have access to, which has already been established 
through your conversation with your employer sponsor to an authorized prescriber so that they could uh, monitor your rationale and decision making and have those crucial conversations with respect to your uh, decision making with prescriptive authority. Um, all of the um, descriptions for th these three clinical courses and how to um, register for them is online on our website under uh, practice topics, um, RN prescribing. So our practice framework, our guidelines, our frequently asked questions, and the courses and how to register for them is all online. Um, the other benefit for Saskatchewan Polytechnic is that they have a prior learning assessment recognition. Um, and part of that is that RNs who worked in uh, who are working in rural and remote areas, and just an example could be our regional nurses, um, with validated experience in prescribing under various mechanisms. It could um it could be the First Nations Inuit branch clinical health guidelines for nurses in primary care. Um, they may avail of a prior learning assessment recognition process in obtaining the designation, and that's uh, that was approved by council. The other thing with um, RN prescribing, uh, so once we have step one and step two done, um, I just wanted to describe um, clear role de de delineation between an RN and an NP. Uh, we do have a, um, a chart and a flyer that, that can be sent out. It's that the RN has your expanded scope of practice to include prescriptive authority. Your NP has a license to practice as a registered nurse and a license as an NP. Um, the RN only has obtained additional prescribing specific to a continuing education program, specific to their area of practice, and, and an MP is a graduate education from an approved program. Um, the RNs only authorize prescribed medications um, within their limited employer-sponsored identified area of need with the support of a collaborative team. NPs are autonomous and unlimited with clients. Um, the RN does not provide a diagnosis, except instead they use their employer guidelines. The MP can see somebody who has something brand new. Um, some limits placed on by uh, the college is that RN prescribers are not to, uh, in, the, in the initial stages, are not to prescribe uh, controlled drugs and substances. Um, and they cannot be part of self-employment because we need to have, um, you know, that access to a collaborative team. And uh, MPs don't have any limitations on, uh, on their practice. So I can send out these to you. So once you have that employer conversation, you got your education, um, you know, your supports are in place, you finished everything, you're ready to go back to work. Whoop. Then you have your, um, College authorization. So obviously you must be in good standing with the college. There are two application forms and the application forms is a declaration by your employer that they agree to the conditions of sponsorship, that we have everything in place. And then there's a declaration by the RN that says that you and your employer have worked together. We know that these things are there. We know what our expectations are. Uh, we know who to go to should there be an outcome that, uh, 
is not something that's expected, or if there's a plan of care in place that's not going as um, as uh, determined it should, then you know there's a process in place so that no harm comes to the patient. And then you get your college authorization. So we will review those two documents. They come in through practice, uh, through the practice email. Uh, we will look to ensure that, uh, you know, uh, everything is in place and that you have, you have attached your uh, certificate of completion from the college from uh, Saskatchewan Polytechnic. And then you will have, because you're limited in your prescriptive authority, you will have a notation on the register on our member search. Um, on the website, and it will say your name, and it will say your area authorized to practice uh, for RN prescribing, and we need a contact number for, like, um, if there's a problem with your prescription, or there's need to clarification, and who can clarify that for you. And then, um, and it's a phased-in approach, so after you get your uh, college authorization, there's checks and balances. It's a phased-in approach from us, uh, we are going to provide education to make sure that everybody knows the roles of the RN prescribers within the healthcare team in that area of need. Uh, we are have been communicating with key stakeholders like the pharmacy network and e-consult and Nelchi. Um, and we need to, we are collaborating on process for ongoing evaluation. Um, right now, uh, we can look at portability and mobility processes in the future and controlled sub drugs and substances in specific areas and such as that. Uh, that's all in the future. But right now, if you're authorized to prescribe in wound care, you cannot port that uh, prescriptive authority to diabetes management uh, because you did not have the clinical experience and uh, the exposure that is required in that practice area. So your first two theory courses, you would be able to not have to do, but you would have to redo your clinical and to become an authorized prescriber in a different clinical area. Um, like I said, the college authorization, there's an application to the college that includes part A, the initial application by the RN and the employer sponsored declarations. And that application is the last component to be completed. So the step one, you get your employer authorization. Step two, you get your education. Then you do the application, it comes to us and then you get your authorization from the college. And then the very last component or step four is your continuing competency. So we may establish requirements under the continuing competency program, uh, but there will be, you know, you need to maintain uh, current evidence-informed knowledge-based uh, decision-making. Um, so you need to maintain ongoing education and there's always areas for quality improvement. Um, our two documents can be find on, found on our website under practice, and it's under practice topics RN prescribing. Um, and they're the RN prescribing framework and the practice guidelines. Um, and I do have uh, just our contact information. If you do have any questions uh, during any step in the process, then please contact myself or Michelle, and we can be reached at practice team at CRNNL. This has been a presentation of the College of Registered Nurses of Newfoundland and Labrador.